Hi, I'm Nick Dawson, the Editor-in-Chief of TalkHouse Film, and you're listening to the TalkHouse Film Podcast. Ryan Johnson, the writer-director of Rick, The Brothers Bloom, and Looper, has seen Terry Gilliam's Brazil more times than anyone I know. Gilliam's latest movie, The Zero Theorem, is a companion piece of sorts to Brazil, the dystopic tale of a computer genius called Cohen Leth, who's trying to find out definitively whether life has any meaning or not. I thought it'd be cool to put Johnson and Gilliam together for a podcast, and it went so well that what you're listening to is just part one of a conversation we're running across two consecutive days on Talkhouse Film. So settle in and enjoy these two great directors talking about not just the Zero Theorem, but also the pitfalls of social media, modern movie watching, and yes, quite a lot about Johnson's upcoming project, Star Wars Episode Eight. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Terry. How are you? <laughs> Good. I'm glad that uh, we have our time together here. It's <laughs> lovely. So lovely. So good. Uh, I, I really love Zero Theorem, man. I love your new movie. I think it's beautiful, and it, uh, it really had a huge emotional effect on me. Um, well, that, that's great, because that's the kind of stuff I like hearing, because there's so many people that has no emotional effect on. <laughs> There's so well, many people that say two years, two hours of my life was wasted watching a film. <laughs> yeah, fuck those people. That's not their time. This is our time, right? <laughs> uh, no, and it, I mean, I, I actually, I guess I, I'll start out just saying that the, uh, you know, because I'm, uh, um, you know, your mean your work means so much to me. In, in Brazil, I've seen as many times as any other movie. Probably, I've seen that movie so many times. So, so it um, and in many, I don't know if it's because of that or if it's, but I think there are actual connections. I, I couldn't help but watch the Zero Theorem kind of in conversation, hmm. in a way with um, with Brazil, and even um, you know, there's it. It feels like. Um, you know, whereas opposed to where paper was the enemy in Brazil, screens are very much this constant threat in Zero Theorem. And even that the beautiful and I thought really, uh, really incredibly sad uh, ending on the beach, it made me think of the image I've heard you describe a lot of times of the guy on the beach with the radio that um, okay. was that original Brazil. And That's that, really good. I mean, that you've connected something that I never even thought about. That's great. Mm. <laughs> This notion, yeah, that that kind of es- escape as uh, something that emotionally looks beautiful, but is still, in a way, a yeah. tragic ending. You know, I don't know that, especially in the context of of uh, kind of the <laughs> escaping into this cyber nether world that feels very real right now. It, I just, I don't know. It had it really made me sad at the end. This is the best review I've heard for a long time. <laughs> no, because that's. That's exactly the right emotion one should have at the end of that. I mean, yeah. it is it is so sad that that's, I mean, to me, it's the only thing he's been able to control in his life. And it's not even his, imagina- his imaginary world. It's Bainsley's. And, yeah. and to let the sun set to finally... It, it, no, it, it just, it was so weird because that is not the ending of the film as, as scripted. Huh. What or was the... as as shot. <laughs> what was the original ending? Uh, a happy Hollywood ending. <laughs> and I shot all of this. I Holy shot it crap. all. Christoph <laughs> acted it. The boy, everybody did their bits. <laughs> and I got point, when, yeah, in the first assembly of the thing, I looked at the film and I said, this is utter shit. 
done. I threw it away. Fuck wow. it. <laughs> I just thought, no, you've got to leave. You've got to leave Cohen with some dignity, feeling strong, having you know, and, and, and it's sad because the only sort of dignity and strength he has is in this this virtual world. Yeah, it's in the... it's, it's really tragic. But anyway, I'm I'm glad you <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> Um, experience the ending as I hoped. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was gorgeous. Well, how do you? I mean, I don't know. Are you? Um, how active are you on the internet? What do you? What are your thoughts on the? Because obviously, the zero theorem. Yeah, is, yeah. No, it's set in that world very much. It's very present in in our times. So it's obviously something you're really aware of. Yeah. How much do you actually engage it in, and, and what do you kind of well, think? I, I, I do. I mean, the, the sad thing is, as a result of making this film and having to identify with the main character, I have become Cohen. I live <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> I just checked my Facebook page uh, before the phone rang. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's sad, and that's what scares me about it. It's so addictive. It's so easy. It's so much, you know, in a sense, easier than going out and deal with the, 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 the tactile real world out there. Yeah. And it's uh, it's my own weakness that I suppose I, I'm worried about. And I assume if I'm as weak and, and addicted as that, there must be one or two other people on the planet like that as well. I have the exact same thing. It's um, I'm not on Facebook, but Twitter is kind of my my pleasure bar. Like the mm. I'm like the little rat hitting the pleasure bar in a cage, checking yeah. that. Yeah. It, it's terrifying. How do you I, do that? I I did what I swore I'd never do. I finally went on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. And I tweeted. Yeah. And and I fear what that would do because you get everything <laughs> is so immediate and then then the responses and then you either respond or you don't. And I I just think it, it and I've already I've almost gone cold turkey now after my yeah. first tweet because yeah. I don't want to get hooked on that. If you can get out early, get out. Yeah, stay away. It's, I feel Is it like, too late for you? It's too late for me, but I feel like the, the grizzled old rock star saying, don't get on that stuff, man. It leads nowhere good. Yeah, it, it, it's really, it's kind of insidious in the way that it, um, it's also, it, it's, it's insidious in the way that it's wonderful and in the way yeah. that there's that incredible immediate rush of, feeling connected to other people it's obviously an illusion i what really scares me is even the baby steps i try and take to get off of it's like when i try and stop drinking coffee and i get terrible headaches and i have that Mm. horrifying realization of how hooked i actually am on coffee if if i just say okay i'm going to delete the twitter app off of my phone then I find myself, it's almost like coming to as a sleepwalker and I find myself checking it on the web browser on my phone, um, realizing just how deep this horrible addiction is. I mean, do you actually communicate with uh, others or do you just... uh, I do. do No, no, I do. I I read it. I use it a lot as a reader, but also, um, you know, I, I mean, the thing that I think if there's an actual good thing about it is... You know, I'll have uh, film students or younger people um, just like send me a tweet with like a question or I'll engage in uh, a discussion with somebody that I don't know that I never would have in a thousand years connected with otherwise. And um, that's an upside to it. But the overwhelming downside just in terms of, um, 
you know, a, a portion of your head constantly being in this virtual space. It, it is a lot like, you know, uh, like Cohen in the zero in the. Yeah, but that's what, worries, that's what worries me about it. Yeah, it should. It should. There's a kind of feeling that, you know, I mean, I like Facebook I use, okay, I promote whatever I'm doing. I'm trying to you know, use it for that as a, as a little billboard. But right. I also use it to play. If I've yeah. got a silly idea, I can do something and stick it there and get an immediate response. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, which is the fun part, is that people's responses are funnier and cleverer, cleverer than what I've been doing. That's right. lovely. But... Mm -hmm. But it's it's the need, and that's the Twitter thing is where you the, just the, the the politeness, the protocol of the business. You've got to mm -hmm. respond or don't. And I was talking to Sanjeev Baskar, who's a you know, wonderful comedian actor. He's in, in Zero Fear. He's the head doctor, um, yeah. the, the Sikh doctor. Yeah. And and he says it just you know if somebody writes something really shitty to him. If he doesn't respond, that's kind of response that has certain ramifications. There's no way out of the, mm -hmm. the communication, no matter what you do in a strange way. Is what, yeah. And doesn't it consume too much of your time? Because that's my problem. I just, I, I just want to spend more time with myself and too, be able to think and read and do things. Too much of your time and too much of your attention, even when you're not on it. If I get, you know, if if and people are generally pretty. Pretty nice to pretty nice to me. On I've been lucky on Twitter. There are people yeah. who just get abuse, and I don't know how they deal with it. But if I get something even slightly shitty said to me, you know, that's where my head's at for the rest of the day. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, walking. I'm walking around with that echoing in my head and thinking, how am I going to respond to that? And you know, um, I mean, that's the problem because at least if we get a bad review, it doesn't consume that much of our life. <laughs> right. 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 It's, it's there, but it's not every day something coming. It's like I. I mean, that's my fear. That's really my fear of it. Are people, and the other fear, I suppose, is a kind of feeling about politics where mm. one can spend all your energy on that rather than getting involved in things that may or may not be important. <laughs> that's a really interesting part of it that's still playing itself out is, yeah, yeah exactly how useful it is. Because I think, I don't know, I, I really, I honestly go back and forth. I don't have it because I, I think there is, it is good that people are talking mm -hmm. about this in a big public forum, but how much does that then become this thing where we feel satisfied just talking about it in a big public forum? That's I, exactly right. It was, it was my feeling always about doing comedy and yeah. satire because, you know, you it is the, the pressure, it takes the pressure off because people are laughing rather than going out and getting right. angry enough to do something. <laughs> Well, so the anger, the fact that you mentioned the anger, I mean, that's, there's another ledge just to talk about the peeling the onion of the fear we should have of this. I mean, there's another layer that I've just discovered in myself recently, which is even scarier, which is I'm, I find I'm slowly losing the ability to feel anger at stuff that I read online. I find yep. that I'm becoming numb to it just out of necessity, almost like my body's natural defense, you know, um, yeah. and that's almost more scary, I guess. I, well, I is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it a form of cynicism or is it well, the no, lack it's, of power to do anything about it? So it's a form of impotence. I guess it's, it's a form of cynicism about the online world. And it's a form of cynicism, not about the issue. So maybe it's a good thing. It's a form of cynicism in terms of Oh, he's saying that to get attention. I'm not going to get angry about this 
piece that somebody wrote because they wrote it so I would get angry and yeah. say, isn't this awful and link to it. Um, and I, I feel like I intellectually always knew that, but I'm increasingly feeling this dulled sort of I don't actually care enough, um, you know, to – and I don't know. Maybe that's – No, no, no. It's very funny. Literally, I was having this almost the same conversation last night about when Sanjay, when somebody, somebody writes some rubbish and ultimately – yeah. You know, he finally responded and just said, you know, it's something about something that either not forgive, but learn to live with other, you know, learn yeah. to be more open. Um, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know where it's all leading. It just is. It's, it's yeah. a fact. Yeah. And it's part of our lives now. And we can choose to you know, participate or you walk away from it. Um, sure. It is interesting. I wanted to ask you, switching switching a little bit, I, I wanted, but a little bit on the same thing. I wanted to ask you about um, this thing I read about with the Zero Theorem Maxi Vision um, and the fact that you, which was, I guess, the format you shot on, but more than that, the fact that you shot it 16 by 9 specifically <laughs> so it could kind of work on any screen, which pertains a little bit to what we're talking about. And I actually, I loved, I noticed the rounded corners, which yeah. I just thought was whatever I was watching it on, but then I realized that's part of it. I really loved that. There was something really <laughs> pleasing about that. I'm not sure why. Uh, well, well, this is this is my, I think that nobody in all the interviews I've done have probably, they've never uh, picked up on this. I keep saying this is the one size fits all, full gate, <laughs> uh, semi-vinyl motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've been hoist by my own petard. So I've made it 16 by 9, so it's the same on your iPhone, your your your, your TV screen, your computer screen, all that. Yeah. And all it's meant is that we're going out uh, VOD and DVD before we go into the cinema in America. <laughs> You've made your own bed. <laughs> no, and I, so I, but I... I did it because I thought, okay, I'm tired of shooting something in widescreen and then yeah. having to crop it for the TV release. Sure, I just, sure, I just sure. do one one thing. So everybody, no matter how big or small, it'll be the yeah. exact same image. <laughs> and, and then we went silly on the on – the, uh, because we then shot – literally, it is because we shot on film. It's full gate. And rather yeah. than using the safety area, I said, okay, let's just use the whole thing. And, <laughs> and, and so you've got the corners of the gate, the route thing. And then, of course, with, with you know, 260 digital effect shot, I couldn't say it was all vinyl yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we did shoot on film. Now, what's interesting about it was how much energy and time I had to spend – with the producers and the distributors because the, the quality control people say, you can't do this. You see, there'll be black on the edge of the screen. <laughs> And, and, and I said, it's just nonsense. Don't you guys go to the cinema ever and notice yeah. how when the curtains are there, often there's a bit of the actual film on the curtain on the side? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've got a safety margin now. And But to waste time because people, you can't do that. I just found that extraordinary. Uh, yeah. The reality was, the reality, the real truth is, then we did 16 by nine. It was a moment when I wasn't thinking and asking what, what format. And I said 16 by nine because I'd gotten so used to talking about 16 by nine rather than 1851. <laughs> 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 so I, I tried Automatic. to make, turn it into something that was you know, interesting. <laughs> but wow. it's nice, isn't it? Those little round corners. Because the last time we've seen that is in silent movies. 
Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so there's it, a sense of nostalgia that nobody, I don't know, if consciously they're aware of. <laughs> no, it harkens back yeah. to it. And and I, uh, yeah, completely. So do you? I I want to see that. I also I watched it uh, at home on uh, on yeah. like you know I watched it on a bigger screen, but off of my computer. But I actually really want to see it in the theater. How do you? I don't know. How, how do you watch movies mostly these days? Do you watch a lot of movies at home? Do you still go to the theater? What, how, what do you no, do? Well, I get my screeners come <laughs> yeah. uh, award season. I watch, then I spend the rest of the year catching up on all of them. <laughs> it's getting, <laughs> it's very bad because unless, you know, unless there's a screening of something that I really want to see, uh, I, I tend to watch more things at home. Okay, I've got a big yeah. screen and yeah. all that, but it's uh, most of the local cinemas I go to are really shitty. Yeah, and people are talking and moving around, and so the the it's kind of the you know the sacred experience is no longer there in the cinema in so many cases, right? Because uh, cinema is like for me, you go into the this the holy of holies and it's a great black room and there's this thing it yeah. just overwhelms you. I I think what's intriguing now is when you see people watching things on their iPhone. Because they are now the big thing. The film mm. is the small thing they can control easily, mm. which is not, you know, what I think the experience of cinema should be, where you you need to submit to it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, whether you sit close to your big TV screens or not, that's your choice. But at least, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I mean, people like you and myself, I think, watch seriously when I watch something. I mean, I don't yeah. care. At home, if I, even if I like got into Breaking Bad and all that, and I sit, I've got a big computer screen, a 32-inch high-diff one, and I sit really yeah. close to it, and it's wonderful. <laughs> See, I have, and this is more my own weakness, but actually I find more and more the reason I go to the theater to watch movies is because if I sit at home um, – there's, you know, the the iPad within read. Like I find that if my attention starts to drift a little, whereas in the theater, that's part of the experience of watching a movie. If you start, if your mind starts to wander at yeah. home, it's so easy to have the other distractions. Um, yeah, it's weird. What? Like more so than the big screen and the big sound. That's why. That's why do you I do go have to children. No, I don't. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, my kids are all grown up, so it's usually just my wife and I watching. So it's pretty. Uh, okay. Non-destruction, yeah. Very just yeah. Like, but I, I, I think that's the worrying thing is that it's so easy to switch off, or if like part of a film which is running a bit long or slow, you know, you're not engaged yeah. in the same way. Yeah, if you're sitting at home, oh yeah, oh, what's that over there? <laughs> just, and, then, and you're out of it by then. <laughs> Where in the cinema, you're trapped. Exactly. You have to sit yeah, there through the boring bit. <laughs> It feels pathetic that I need to be trapped to pay attention to a movie. Well, this, is, this is really worrying because advice. you're much younger than me and you're already yeah. falling apart. I know, man. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. This is why I needed this time with you to refocus myself. Are, are uh, you, do you have a new project? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm doing a Star Wars movie. I'm doing next Star Wars wow. movie. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it and and directing it. Um, uh, the the next one what after that, this one. That what JJ does that Abrams feel did. like when you take over somebody else's world? Well, it's uh, you know it's it's been I'm I'm just starting into it. So, yeah. um, but I mean, so far it's it's been nothing but. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's the 
it's the most fun I've ever had writing. Right. It's just joyous. Uh, but also, yeah. also for me personally, you know, I I grew up not just watching those movies, but playing with those toys. And so yeah. as a little kid, the first movies I was making in my head were oh, set yeah. in this world. Yeah. So um, a big part of it is, um, you know, that kind of direct connection. It's almost like a, a, a automatic jacking right. in back into childhood in a weird way, I guess. But but I don't know. Ask ask me again in a few years. Yeah, I'll be able to talk well, about. I'm that. curious what if you if you actually saw your first Star Wars on an iPad, would you? Have been... <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I guess that we'll find out in in thirty years what the effect of that is. Uh, is, is George uh, looking over your shoulder? No, 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 not at all. He's because he's you know he sold his, the company to to Disney, so he's um you know oh, he's, he's right. kind of yeah 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 yeah. So he's he's kind of stepped back, and uh, it's um. Yeah, it's it's Kathy Kennedy is is running Lucasfilm oh, and her. Wonderful. Yeah, she's great, great man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do, love I her. Mean, do you feel a, a different kind of responsibility because of the you know because it is Star Wars, or are you free? Do you feel? Uh, you got it's and again, I'm I'm figuring it out. You know, as I go, I'm kind of dancing on top of the avalanche a little bit. So I'll yeah. have more perspective on it in a while. But it's it's a balance of trying to remember of like remembering what really inspires you about it but i think you can yeah. probably go to the wrong place by feeling too responsible to it i think you know you have yeah. to you have to keep your head loose enough i think to um, i think that's exactly, to tell a that's story you care about you know that's what's interesting that's what's interesting from my point of view is the, for you to take it on and make it yours yeah and, yeah, and yeah, still yeah. with respect for what it is and was right because yeah, it's a weird balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah but because that, otherwise it's it's morbid almost before it begins. Well, that's been the great thing. About, I mean, you know, Kathy and her whole creative team have been just so insistent on all the filmmakers they're hiring for these new movies. Just you have, we want you to take it and turn it into something that you really care about. And we'll, you know, we'll see how the process plays out. But so far, I mean, that's a big part of the reason I'm in it is just because that seems to be their attitude towards it. It's it's really exciting, actually. But, um, if, if, if you bring Yoda Black back, please bring Frank Oz back as well. Oh, are you kidding? How could you not? How could you not? We gotta get you in there as a as well, a hut. It, it was very funny because I had a uh, uh, I bumped into George at Khan a couple of years ago, and he started going out about digital this, that, and the other thing. We were all chatting away, and yeah. and he kept going on about how the digital Yoda was so much better than the, the hand puppet Yoda. <laughs> and I couldn't get through to him. He couldn't yeah. see how wrong he was. <laughs> he said the nuances were so much better. It would be exactly. It was, and I think that's what's so extraordinary that you know, yeah. that you know, because George has been fantastic. He's given us you know all this stuff. He's given us the digital film world basically, sure, and uh, and yet can't see the you know a good. A good performer with his hands up the backside of a puppet <laughs> can create more reality and believability <laughs> and character. I don't know why this made it. It's a small thing, but one of one of the things that just made me so happy in Zero Theorem was there was after at the end after he pulls out all the hoses from the machine, the moment where the hoses go back up onto the machine, and I looked at it 
And I round it back. I looked at it again after I'd done what finished watching the movie. I'm like, he reversed it. That's just he, he certainly did. That is that's awesome. what I did because it was the first thing, one of the first effects I do. Well, that's a cheap one. I could do that. I know how about reverse. <laughs> I mean, it was, was so sitting, cool looking and uncanny. It looked good. Real, as opposed to like, you know, CG yeah. snaky wires going perfectly up into it. It had this, it had that surreal sort of, but I did that as a kid with home movies. And so when I'm like, there's something really familiar about that motion, what is that? And yeah. that's, yeah, made me well, happy. That's great that you <laughs> spotted it because it's really nobody else has. I mean, I sat here at home with my little digital camera pointing at some cables and I kept dropping them. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that's great. It works. Beautiful. This is Nick Dawson from TalkHouse Film, and you've been listening to the first part of Ryan Johnson's conversation with Terry Gilliam for the TalkHouse Film podcast. For more filmmakers talking film, including part two of this podcast, visit thetalkhouse.com slash film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcast on iTunes, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can. <laughs>